thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hope this message from Good News Company blesses you. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the message. A couple of weeks ago, Benny, um, she preached a word called, I can't stay here anymore. Who remembers that? That was awesome. Uh, that's, on, that's on YouTube, podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So go back and listen if you missed it, because it was one of those preachers that um, it's like, you know, I bring the word, and when I bring the word, it's kind of like mum at home, she brings like the dinner every night, and you're like, thanks mum, this is healthy, this is nourishing in my soul, I love this. Um, but when Benny preaches, it's like you go to like a five-star restaurant, and it's like a whole nother level, but you don't get it all the time, right? So... Sorry, just got meat and potatoes tonight, but um, I'll try and spice it up a bit. Um, but she preached a word saying, I can't stay here anymore. Um, and she was talking about the Israelites who got so used to walking around the wilderness and, and uh, got so used to how God was providing for them in that season that they nearly, well, in fact, they did miss how God actually wanted to provide for them yeah. in the next season. They thought, the Israelites, they had it all figured out. This is how it works. We follow the cloud um, in the daytime, right? Remember that in, in Exodus? Uh, we follow the, the fireball at nighttime, and uh, this is good. We get manna from heaven, we get the bread from heaven, and this is how God's going to provide for us. But they nearly missed uh, how God was going to do it and how he wanted to do it. Um, God was going to get the job done, but they got... Uh, they missed out on the final product because they were so focused on the here and the now. And I wanted to just, just uh, as I was preparing this message um, and for this series, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I really felt God say, I want you to talk about um, this idea uh, for this first week. We're doing a series on Jesus. How many know there is power in the name of Jesus? Uh, we were saying last week, you know, our Father's Day, that was awesome. But we were saying we, we want to do a series just on Jesus. Now, every sermon is ultimately about Jesus. In fact, you can open up any page in the Bible, and even if it's in the Old Testament, you can find Jesus somewhere on every page of the Bible because he is in it, through it, he, he inspired it, uh, everything was created in him and through him. And so we wanted to... However, just do a series specifically looking at just Jesus. So we're going to pull stories out where Jesus is the main character. We're going to look at his character, his nature, who he is, because we're not um, we're not a, a church or we're not like a community group. We're not the soccer club. We are a group of believers in Jesus. That's what sets us apart, guys, from every everyone else. Everyone else's um, God died or, or, or professed not to be God, but our God died, rose back up from yeah. the dead, came alive and empowered us uh, to live this life. So I'm excited to preach on Jesus the next few weeks because there's power in the name. Yeah. And we were like, oh, let's do a cool fun name like Juggernaut Jesus. That would be pretty cool, <laughs> right? Juggernaut is someone that is um, overpowered, undefeatable. You know, if you're the Juggernaut, it's really hard to kill you, right? Oh, that's good. Halo 3, you would know that if you played that game. Anyway. Um, Juggernaut Jesus, that was going to be kind of cool one. Just Jesus, that'd be kind of cool. But we're like, let's not try and hype it up with a cool name. Let's just call it the Jesus series because that's what we want. Tonight, if you have your Bible, if you don't own a Bible or you want one, if you just look out on those um, that shelf right outside those doors, there's actually a whole bunch of New Testaments, you know, the, 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 the 
the last, the back end of the Bible is there free. Just grab one, take one as you leave today. That's fine. But if not, dial into the YouVersion Bible app and find, tap, scroll, ask Siri to get yourself to the book of Matthew, young zeal, Matthew. Just want to remind you, if you're new, we try and t- keep going, keep going. The book of Matthew, we try and teach our young people to get excited about the Bible. Excited, I said excited about the Bible, okay? So this is what's happening right now. The book of Matthew, chapter 9, and verse 27 to 33. See, if you're like, what is going on? We just, we, we want to remind our youth, our young people, and you and me, that man, the Bible is something to get excited about. It's not stale, it's not old, it's not dust on a shelf. It is alive, it's a window into another world. Where we can see and hear all that Jesus is. Matthew chapter 9. Oh, I'm feeling excited tonight. I feel like preaching. It's been a couple of weeks, so uh, that's good. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 33. We're going to look at two stories right here. It's on the screen, though. It says this. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. That's another name for Jesus. That was one of the names, son of David. In case you're like, I thought we were talking about Jesus. Verse 28 says, When he had gone indoors... The blind men, the two of them, came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord, they replied. Verse 29 says, Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. And then here something really weird happens. Jesus warns them sternly, sternly. See that no one knows about this. But they went away and spread the news about him all over the region. How many of you, that, that's a story of you. God does something great for you. He set you for, like God's just done something for you and he's given you some sort of instruction attached to it and you just take the blessing but ignore the, the instruction. It's like, thanks God for healing me. Now I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do anyway. Okay. Anyway, Jesus says, don't tell anyone about this for whatever reason. There is a reason. Uh, and then verse 32, but while they were going out, a man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Logan City. I mean, nothing like this has ever been seen in Brisbane. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Browns Plains. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Australia. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. I titled this message tonight, if you take our notes, and you totally should, because if you write notes, you go to heaven faster. <laughs> I titled this message, This and That. The emphasis is on the end. I know it's small on there, but the title is This and That. Say it with me, This and That. One more time, but you yell on the end, because that's the big part. This and That. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you to hear tonight. That you're not here just to sit in the pew, but you're here to move between us and, and speak to our hearts tonight. I pray that my words would not just be cool words that have been formed together, but they would be Holy Spirit inspired words that don't just land in our ears and then bounce away, but they come into our heart and our mind and our soul and our spirit. Help me tonight, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you, Grace. You're awesome. Okay, so uh, currently in the world... Um, there's this thing going on, coronavirus. Anyone aware of coronavirus? One thing I really miss is the freedom. I probably wouldn't because we're not in that stage of life, but 
I feel like I would miss, and maybe you would miss, traveling. Anyone here miss traveling? You want to just get on a plane and take me somewhere, like anywhere. I don't care if it's New Zealand. Just take me there. Or Tasmania. I'm just kidding. We love New Zealand. Sorry. I should say. I'm half New Zealand. My dad was born there. Okay. Um, I miss traveling. Uh, I remember... I remember speaking to my dad, he, um, one time when I was a, a kid, um, he had ordered in, uh, when actually before, later on from that, um, me and my brother-in-law, we went to India and Nepal for, for a trip there, and that was awesome, and traveling was great, you know, the first really big international trip I'd ever done, and I was, I was really excited about it and everything, and I remember this one time, we were walking down the street in um, Pakara, uh, in Nepal, you know, Everest, you know, head of Everest, yeah, Nepal. Um, and we were walking along the street, and all of a sudden, these um, really sweet but aggressive um, Nepalese, like grandmamas, started chasing us down the street. And they were shorter in height, and they're chasing us down the street, trying to get us to buy things, buy bags, buy shirts, buy shoes, buy electronics. And, and they're chasing us down, trying to get all these things. But if you look closely, right, because Nepal, you think, what, the mountains, you think hiking, backpacking, there's a lot of backpackers there. So they're selling a lot of uh, backpack here. You know, what's the brand? Um, Kathmandu. Um, but it's not Kathmandu, right? It's like Kathmanda or it's <laughs> Kathy Maguire da, or something <laughs> random like that. And you're like, oh, probably won't. Which reminds me of the time my dad, when I was... Um, Early teenager, it was about the time when my parents were like, you can get a phone. I'm like, cool, get a phone, it's amazing. And uh, my dad got me this phone. He ordered it online from somewhere overseas. He ordered this phone. And uh, it came in the mail and he gave it to me. He was like, Kieran, here's your phone, your first phone. I'm like, cool. So I look at it, I look at it, and it's uh, a Samsung. Um, actually, it's not a Samsung. It was called a Samsung. <laughs> S-A-M-O-N. It's a Samsung. And uh, I thought, this is cool, you know, Samsung. I got a Samsung, my friend's like, what do you mean a Samsung? Is he really strong? Does he have long hair? Like, it's a Samsung. And I'm like, cool. Anyway, I started using it. And it was, one of, it was back in the day when it was really cool to have a slide-up phone, right? So the screen was there, and uh, it would slide up and reveal a keypad. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm basically like a hacker from a different world, like... I'm Neo, this is amazing. So I'm using my slide-up phone, this is so cool. And it was a few weeks. But then after a few weeks, I slid it down, put it in my pocket. And... But then I realised that the phone had an additional function. It could do other things as well. So I, I slid it up and I slid it down. But then I realised it could slide this way up, but you could actually slide it horizontally as well and would reveal like a little gamepad to play like games on and everything. So, so a few week, a weeks later after I got it, I realised, oh, it could slide up this way, but it could also slide up that way. And, and it was almost like I'd been missing out on the function or the opportunity to play this game or to use it in a different way. And then all of a sudden, the ho- a whole new world opened up to what I could do with this phone. And I was thinking about this week regarding Jesus, because I wonder how many of us have this sort of approach to our relationship with Jesus, where we think, man, I've got this figured out. I've got this worked out. I know that he works this way. 
I understand it. I feel like I've got a full comprehension of Christianity, of Jesus, of what he can do, what he can't do or won't do. But, but I want to tell you tonight that maybe Jesus wants to break out of the stereotypes that you and I sometimes put him in and say, God, you work this way when he wants to say, I can work that this way, but I can also work that way. Does that make sense tonight? I don't know if you've had something in your life where you're like, you've used it and then all of a sudden you realize there's a different way to use it. There's a different option, a different function. There's a a new feature or something. And when it comes to Jesus, I don't want this type of thinking to infiltrate my thoughts on how I think about Jesus. Let's look at this story here tonight. We've got two amazing stories, but I want to look at them from the disciples' perspective. In the next 16 minutes... I want to have a little look to see what this story looked like through the eyes of the disciples. Right? Think about this. So we, we see the disciples. They're still, you know, we're only in what? Matthew chapter 9. So Jesus has done a few, you know, cool little miracles. He's, he's done a, the water into wine gig and, you know, he's, he's called them. And he's done a little bit of teaching and everything. But the disciples are still trying to work out who Jesus is. Right, they're still trying to work out how it functions. You ever started a new job and you've got your boss and you're like, for the first like week or two, you just, you just watch it. How, you know, how are they working? You know, do they do this? Because if they do that, it's okay for me to do that. If they take a snack, you know, from the, if they like, have a snack from the, the fridge and on the house, cool, then maybe, you know, that, that seems to be okay. And so the disciples have sort of just started following Jesus. So they're still trying to work out how does he operate, right? How does he work? How does he do things? How does he approach situations? So the disciples are, just imagine them, they've got notepads all, all the time because they're trying to figure out, this is my master, this is my rabbi, right? This is who I'm trying to follow. Let's take some notes. So then all of a sudden, one day, the Bible says that um, Jesus, they, they go out and the Bible says that two blind men followed after him. So I, I just imagine the disciples, right? They, they start to think, okay, let's take notes about this situation and see how Jesus deals with it. Let's look at some of the details of this story. Let's put it up there for the first story. So in the first story, we see two people, right? Two blind men. And to start off with, there's, there's two of them. So disciples, okay, two. Jesus, something's going to happen. And there's two people involved. Cool, two, one, two, one, two. Okay, two, two. They write down two. Um, what's going on? Okay, two, and they're both blind, right? So they write down blind, okay? Jesus, he, he, he heals people in, in pairs, looks like, and they're blind, so that's cool. And then they're like, okay, so let's take some notes on what's been happening. Okay, they're following after us. They're chasing after us. They're following us. So they're not being, no one's taking them to us. They're, they're walking to us, yelling out. Okay, they're calling out. They're, Jesus, I don't know that. Come, rescue us. You know, save us. So the disciples are like, these creepy guys, they're following us somehow, they're blind, and uh, they're chasing after us. And, okay, Jesus is, they've made contact, but then what does Jesus do? He goes into lockdown. He goes inside, okay? So Jesus then, he says, okay, I'm going to take these disciples inside. So they find a house, and they go inside. So they move into a, into a private space. So the disciples are like, okay, healing. Can I do a miracle, a breakthrough for these guys? There's two of them. We're going to do it. Private place, private residence, cool. Then Jesus, what does he do? He says, he asks them a question. He asks them a question about their faith, right? He says, hey, do you believe that I'm able to do this for you? So the disciples, do you believe that I'm able to do this for Jesus? Asks them a question, dot, 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 dot. 
waiting for a response. <laughs> then, um, then what happens is the, the two blind guys, they respond. So they respond. They don't just respond. They respond positively, right? Yes, Jesus, you can do that. We believe you. Yes, Jesus, we can believe that. Exclamation mark. Right? Then they want Jesus. What does he do? He gets his hand out of his pockets, of his robe, and he touches them on the eyes. So there's a physical touch, physical touch. Touch them on the eyes, and they get healed. And then Jesus gives them some instruction right afterwards. And they say, okay. You've got to keep this quiet. Just, you know, if the timing's not right just yet, let's just keep this quiet right now. So he gives them instructions. So the disciples, they get together after this healing, and they say, okay, let's review this, this situation, right? You know, you know, so we can know how Jesus likes to work on things, how he likes to do things. So the disciples say, okay, there's going to be two people. They've got to be blind. They've got to be following him. They want Jesus going after him. They've got to be following after Jesus of their own free will. And then Jesus has got to, oh, sorry, then they've got to be calling out, okay? And then Jesus is going to take them inside. He's going to ask them a question. And if they get a positive response, then Jesus is going to touch them on the eyes and then give them a warning. The disciples are like, sweet, we've got it. Write it down. We're set. This is how Jesus is going to operate. But then I love what Jesus does. Because in the very next scene, the very next breath, Jesus flips the whole script. I was reading this and I really felt God say to me, he said, you know what? I don't want my believers to get locked into a certain way of doing things. I, I don't want you to get stuck in a pattern. I don't want you to get stuck thinking this is just how I do things in your life. I don't want you to get conformed to a formula. I don't want you to have to follow a certain set of steps. I, I don't want this to be a calculated thing. I'm going to break out of your calculations, your formulas, your traditions, the way you think it should be done. I'm going to show you that it doesn't matter how I do it. It's that I'm going to do it. Who are you tonight? You'll believe in God for a word, for some instruction, maybe for a breakthrough in your healing, in your family. I want to tell you tonight that God wants to do it, but don't lock him down into how he's done it in the past. So the very next scene, the next breath. This is important because uh, we're talking about Jesus. So I just wanted to open your mind and, and, and remind you of who Jesus is before we go any further tonight to, in this series. The very next breath, we see Jesus. Um, a new situation happens, right? So the Bible says that they walk outside. And outside is a, a man who is mute. So let's look at the facts of the next story. And look at the contrast here. It's not two people this time. It's just one person. Disciples like, two? One? How many can happen at the same time? Is there a limit? Is there a minimum? Probably one is a minimum. So there's one person. Okay, he's not blind. He's mute this time. This guy is now mute. So he can see, but he can't speak. Right, and then and it, the Bible says that he was brought to Jesus. Say he didn't get, he didn't follow after him. He was brought to Jesus, dragged along by his friends. He he didn't call out. He didn't say, "Hey, son of David, help me out here." He just he just was brought. Didn't call out. This didn't happen inside. It happened outside. Think about this. Jesus had literally done this. You have blind eyes. Good to go. Hey, can tell them about this. Okay, just download no stories. No testament. Don't put it in the praise reports at church. Okay, by the way, you remember we got praise reports, prayer requests. Don't put it in the prayer request form at church. Just, just keep this for now. Jesus does this, opens the door. 
Blind, uh, mute man, here he is, right? Jesus could have easily said, step into my office, right? Let's, uh, let's just do this again. But he doesn't. It's not hard for Jesus. But it's almost like he's making a point to say, don't get locked into doing it this way because I can do it that way. So he does it outside. There's no question. He doesn't say, hey, do you believe according to your faith that I can do this for you? He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't even um, ask him. He doesn't even give him permission, ask for permission. He doesn't do anything like that. There's no response back from the man. He doesn't touch him. The Bible records nothing about touching him on the mouth or the tongue or the eyes or whatever. He just speaks and the man is healed. Right, He can speak in his right mind again. And he's doing this in public because then all the chief priests are around, the crowds around, and, and news begins to spread. Right, This is an amazing story because Jesus is trying to pull us outside of locking him inside or outside or one person or two people or you've got to have enough faith. How many times have you heard? Um, you know, that's, a, that's something that is, needs to be addressed because we... We will build our whole um, doctrine. That's another word for belief, right? We will build our whole belief uh, around God moving in our life based on our faith. Because of scriptures like the first one where he says, do you think I've got enough faith to do this? That wasn't a formula. It wasn't like Jesus saying, well, you've got to do that. Otherwise, he would not do a miracle in your life when you were in the worst place and you had no faith. He wouldn't have saved you when you weren't even uh, believing in him. He came and he moved without your permission. I'm thankful that God moves without my permission because I don't always know what to ask. I don't know always how to pray. I don't even know that I'm in trouble sometimes and God just does it. And so Jesus is trying to pull them out, the disciples out. This is good for these three guys in this situation that are getting breakthrough and healed. But Jesus is trying to also at the same time, under it all, he's trying to teach his disciples a lesson to say, hey, don't lock me down to something. Hey, don't think that I I won't do it this way or that way. I'll do it any way that I want. Don't try and limit me to a formula. Don't try and put a roof over my head. Don't think you've got to do this step and then this step. You've got to follow, then you've got to call, and you've got to respond, and then you've got to keep quiet and follow instructions. Don't lock me down to your own limitations. And sometimes that's what we do as believers. We lock Jesus down based off our own limitations or experiences. Well, God, you didn't do it like that that way. So why would you do it this way today? You didn't... You, you, you healed me in the past this way. It was an instant healing that time. And so maybe God will do it that way this time. But maybe he wants to bring a healing into your life by providing a great doctor and, and giving you uh, the good connection and, and, and um, healing in that way. Maybe God in the past provided for you financially by just dropping some money on your windscreen or something. But maybe this time, if you just... You're broken. You need God to pay that bill. Don't just sit in your car and wait for it. Maybe God's saying, I wanted to bless you this way by providing a great job or a good opportunity or a friend in your life or something. I don't know. But don't lock God down and say, well, you did it this way that time. I'm just going to sit around, wait for you to do it again that way. I want you to walk out of here expecting God to do the unexpected. The one thing you can be sure about is that he will do it. That if it's promised to us, if he said it in his word, if it's part of his character and his nature, he will do it. But don't lock him into a way to do it. What is Jesus saying in these stories? He's saying to us that 
um, how I did it in that season is different to how I might do it in this season. In that season of your life at that time, maybe it required you to to be following God. Maybe it required you to have a bit of faith. And maybe he was going to challenge your faith in one season or one problem. And he wants to put pressure on your beliefs and say, do you believe I can do this? Come on, do you believe that I'm the son of God? Come on, trust in me, trust in me. Here's some instruction to go with it. And then Jesus, maybe in that season, did it that way. But then in this season, in another time or in another situation, he might just say, I'm going to override everything you ever wanted, override any requests that you might have. I want to do it this way today. Don't lock him down into a season. Isaiah 43 is an amazing verse. And every one of you should memorize it and remember it because God, it's something that he will just pour into your heart every day. It says this, Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, See, everyone say see. See. I am doing a new thing. And now, you don't have to repeat that part. Thank you. I love the energy. It's good. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now, sorry, computer, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? So in two, in one verse, he is instructing us to see and perceive. How much seeing do we need to perceive? <laughs> right? Like, why is God so focused and wanting us to see the new thing and perceive the new thing? He's saying, I'm going to do a new thing. But he doesn't just say, just, I'm going to do it. He says, you need to see and you need to perceive that I am doing a new thing. Why? Why is he so making sure in this one little verse to say, to see and perceive it all at the same time? I think it's because we as humans have a tendency to get fixated on the current thing, not realizing that it's old news. We have a tendency to get fixated on the here and the now, what we know now. Not realizing that that's old news to God. I think about this when I was um, before I was married. It's just wooing Bethany, just wooing, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> My favorite outfit was uh, two things. Either I hope no one's wearing this tonight. <laughs> I just didn't think about this. Three quarter length shorts, denim. Three quarter length shorts or baggy jeans. Baggy jeans, baggy. Okay, not like this, not skin tight, not too, not too tight, right? Three quarter length shorts or baggy jeans. And I remember thinking, man, these are just cool. These are, and this is like after they were cool, right? But in my mind, I'm just like, these are like what's happening now. This is what I'm used to, three quarter length shorts, board shorts sometimes, okay? And baggy jeans until Bethany began to try and tell me, Kieran, like... Can I help you? <laughs> Anyone grateful for the people in your life that say, hey, can I help you? Get some deodorant, you know? And, and I was so fixated on the current of what I had, I didn't realize that there was something newer, something better, something slimmer, right? That I could apply to my hairy legs to, to take me into the future, right? And then, you know, then we started dating and we got married and it's all thanks to... Uh, slim fit jeans. Amen. <laughs> but it took me so long to come into the new because I was fixated. I didn't see the new and I didn't perceive the new. I was fixated on the old. I, I feel like God is saying to us as a church, and Grace, you can join me again because in a few minutes we're just going to uh, wrap up here and we're just going to have worship in a moment to fix our eyes on Jesus. Not on what he's going to do, not on the way he's going to do it, but just on him. So I, I, 
I don't want us as a church, especially of this next few collection of messages, um, to get locked into a way of God doing things. God's saying to us, man, you need to see that I was doing it that way, but look, I'm doing it a new way. Yes, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He does not change, but that's talking about his character. He is good. God is love. He is freedom, right? That's his character, but he does not work the same way every time. I think about I think about the Israelites. They were facing a water problem one time. And God took them through the sea. He split the sea and they walked through on dry ground. But then we see Peter in the New Testament. He has a water problem. He sees Jesus there and he's in the boat. And he says, you know what? God, you're gonna, I, I know you can do water miracles. And so I wonder if Peter, if he hadn't been locked into thinking... Well, I know because I've studied this that the Israelites, when they had to go through the water, that God split the sea. So I reckon if I step out of the boat, all of a sudden the water's going to begin to part and I can walk over to Jesus. He, 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 we, he wasn't locked into the way he did to it. See, the Israelites went through the water. Peter went on the water. And then Paul in the New Testament, he's in a ship and he's got a water problem. Namely, his ship is sinking. And he must be thinking, man, I know the stories of the Israelites. They went through the water and that was amazing. And I've heard stories from Peter, my mate, you know, over there. He, he, he walked on the water once and maybe, God, maybe you're going to do it this way for me now. The way you did it with them, you're going to do it with me now. And so maybe he's expecting the waters to split. And, or maybe he's expecting that as the ship goes down, he'll just float above it and walk on the water. The, the, the Israelites went through the water. Peter went on the water, but Paul made it to shore in the water, right? So there was a miracle that was done every single time, the same result, but God did it in a different way. Now, God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free from that addiction. God wants to restore your marriage and family and that distant relative. God wants to provide for all your needs. That's who he is. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. But don't lock him in to say, well, God, you did it that way then. Because you'll be so focused on that, you're going to miss what he's doing here. He will do it this way or that way. That way or this way. He will do it because his character is good. And as a church, you know, we've had an amazing, like, two years. Nearly two years as pastors. We've had an amazing 13 years this church has had over the last 13 years that we've been here. Pastor Peter, Pastor Julie, some amazing things has happened. We've seen some miracles. We've seen some, uh, uh, we've, we've taken down some giants way bigger than us. And it's been amazing. God's done some good things. And new things don't discredit old things. Just because you do something new doesn't mean the old was bad. Jesus said it like this, I've come not to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill it. What he's saying is, I'm not getting rid of that because it's bad, it's just done. And as a church, as we move in to the rest of this year and into next year, God's going to begin to do some new things. Oh, and I can't wait to tell you about it. But I can't, okay, I can't tell you. But God's going to do some new things. But I don't want you to get locked into that way that you miss this way. Because see, I'm doing a new thing. I'm about to 
open water. I'm about to do miracles. And maybe it's not parting the sea. Maybe it's not walking on top of the sea. Maybe it's not going through the sea like Paul on a plank. But maybe it's something different altogether. Why don't we stand this place? Ben can join me again. My question is, are you waiting on God? Are you waiting on Jesus to do something? But you're waiting on Him to do something in a certain way. Because if you are, you might just miss what He's doing. I don't know everyone's background here. I don't know your your religious background. I don't know your church background, if you have any. And if you don't, that is okay, because God will do it this way. I was having a convo with a young man who like the other week and he sort of um, lost his way sort of thing the, the things that's world have sort of like pulled him um, and he's doing like clubs and all that sort of stuff and I said to him don't be discouraged man. God's still got a plan for your life God still loves you he will speak to you in the church or in the club yeah. right he, he will encounter you in a service, under lights, or in your bedroom with no lights. Like, God is not locked into doing it this way with a nice band, the aircon, and smoke, and the light. He, he does do it this way, and He will, but He'll also do it that way. That's good, yeah. And so don't, the other thing is, don't wait until a Sunday service or a Sunday worship experience to come and get your word from God. Don't wait. Oh, man, can't wait to get a word from Pastor Kieran, it's going to be a great word. I hope he preaches really well because if you're waiting on that, I'm sorry, that's, a, that's not always going to be the way God brings a word to you. He'll do it this way, but he'll do it that way too. What I want to do is just for um, five minutes, I want us just to abandon all thought, forget what you're wanting him to do and just say, God, I know you're able to do it. Whatever it is you're believing for, I want you to spend a few moments and put that all out of your side and say, Jesus, what's the new thing you're doing in my life? What's the new thing you want to do over the next three or four weeks of this series? What, what is it I'm believing for? I want to put aside any formula or past experience. You're going to do a new thing. And even if you don't have much of a church background or a different denomination or something like that, he will do it that way. But he'll do it this way.